and say, okay, well, let's work through our budget. What's our fixed cost going to be? What are our income streams coming in? So determining how much you need in retirement is probably the biggest thing we need to determine because some people may be able to retire much sooner than they think. That That's an awesome discussion to have with people. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Thanks for joining us on Perfect Game Retirement. Ben George alongside Ryan Ledden, the president and financial coach over Black Oak Asset Management, serving the Atlanta area. You can find him online at blackoakam.com. Ryan, are you much of a crossword puzzle guy? Uh, I actually used to be when I was, um, when I was in college, I would do it maybe cause I was bored in class, but honestly, <laughs> that's probably the last crossword puzzle I've done. I guess when you own a business and have kids and married and kids activities, yeah, you don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> they don't have the free time, but you understand how crosswords work. And that's why we're going to put that analogy to the test today for retirement planning. So you know how with find with crossword puzzles, when you think you have an answer right, it throws off everything else you're trying to do because you're trying to build it around that one piece and that's wrong. So it throws off the entire board. Well, it's much like retirement where if you have one piece of that, that plan that's incorrect, it's going to throw off everything else that you're doing because it all won't add up. So we're going to go through today and, uh, and share some examples, talk about some client stories and, and why certain aspects if they're wrong, can throw off your retirement plan completely. That's the main topic today, but we're going to jump into a little getting to know you question to start off the show. It's getting to know you time. As we do a lot, we will uh, we'll ask Ryan a question, get to know him more away from the office, away from financial planning and asset management. Today's question, if you had to be stuck at one age, one era of your life, you could live forever what age are you picking? I would actually pick uh, right now. And good answer. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I you know I'm 42 years old, and you know I guess the I remember when my parents turned 40. Like the big thing was over the hill and decorate everything in black, and and I, I don't really see that much anymore. Maybe the, the 40s or you know the new 30s, but I just really enjoy the the stage of life that I'm in, my family's in our business is in. So, and my kids are young, they're nine and my son will be six tomorrow as the taping of the show, but they're just, they're at great ages. Um, dad's still like the greatest guy in the world. So I haven't got to the sassiness stage yet of my <laughs> kids, but so that part's awesome. I mean, I got people in my life that are, that challenge me, uh, whether it's in, in, in business or outside of business, but, uh, and relationship with my wife is great. It, I really enjoy the stage of life we're in now. I get to coach my kids. That's why I quit coaching uh, and, and teaching in my previous career, just so I could do this with them. And I haven't regretted that for one second. Other times I miss uh, coaching high school baseball and, and being around those guys. Yeah, absolutely. But I definitely wouldn't trade it for, for my own kids uh, and watching them being able to play. But again, with the business, it, it's, it's great. Obviously, the business can be stressful at times, but I feel like we're in we're in good growth mode and uh, it's, it's really enjoyable right now. So I would say uh, right now, hopefully 
maybe in a few years I'll say 44 or you know yeah. 45. But right now I'm, uh, I enjoy the stage that we're in right now. Well, that's awesome. And you can be happy with where you currently are. That's a good place to be. Uh, no question. So happy to hear that, Ryan. Well, getting to know you on Perfect Game Retirement. So let's move into our main topic. And uh, let me remind you also, if you haven't listened to the show, make sure you hit subscribe. You're going to get every episode delivered to you. And you can find every past episode online at blackoakam.com. But also, while you're there, a lot of resources on the website that you can access. Even if you don't work with Ryan, he's got, he's got a retirement rescue toolkit, retirement calculator, and a lot of educational seminars and workshops that he's always doing throughout the year. So you can find information on that, how to register, what's coming up, what the topic is, all there right on his website, blackoakam.com. And also their phone number, if you ever want to get in touch with Ryan, set up an appointment, talk more about what we discuss on the show, you can do so at 470-508-0508. As I mentioned, financial crossword is the topic today when you're sure you're right, but you're actually not. You know, if you've done a crossword puzzle at all, you know how much a wrong answer can mess you up, right? You know, you're working on 17 across, you think you have the right answer. You're trying to figure out why 13 down doesn't add up. Well, the problem is you had the wrong answer to begin with, and it's throwing off everything else you're trying to do. So in retirement planning, one answer the wrong way can really mess up the rest of the plan. That's what we're going to talk about today. Some of the common areas where you might think you have the right answer, but you don't. And these are common situations that Ryan sees in his office with clients uh, all the time. So let's run through these. We have six different areas that people make these common mistakes. And let's start off with one that we talk about quite a bit, and that's determining how much income you're actually going to need in retirement. Yeah, this can be a, a very common misconception. And, and if we don't get this right, then, you know, it can really have a domino effect, um, especially with a, a crossword puzzle, since we're using that as a metaphor. But, you know, I, I don't know how many times, and most people haven't thought about this. I mean, when they get close to retirement, it's that's one of my questions. Hey, how much do you want? not need, how much do we want in retirement? Because need just makes it sound like, okay, we're only doing the bare necessities. And, and no, we, we want to enjoy retirement. That's why we've been working our whole life and saving. But I'll ask people what income they want. And more times than not, I get the, the dollar amount, $5,000. Okay, maybe that's correct, but how did you get to that answer? What goes in? Have you, have we done a budget right now? How is your budget going to be different when you do retire? What what things will fall off the budget that you are not going to do anymore now that you're not working? But there's going to be other things that increase. So more times than not, again, another uh, blanket um, statement here, but more times than not, your income really doesn't go down that much from a want perspective. But it's not like all of a sudden, you know, and use Dave Ramsey analogy, since I'm a Dave Ramsey advisor, you're not going to live your life on beans and rice. That's not what you're going to do unless you just have to. But that doesn't sound like an enjoyable retirement to me. But so what income do we want? And usually when we first retire, many times that income is about the same as far as what people want. Now, can that taper off as we get older? It could, but then sometimes that income need spikes up again because of you know healthcare needs or long-term care, whatever situation it may be. But I don't accept five thousand dollars as an answer. But we, I like to work through that. I say, okay, well, let's work through our budget. What's our fixed cost going to be? What are our income streams coming in? So determining how much you need in retirement 
is probably the biggest thing we need to determine because some people may be able to retire much sooner than they think that that's an awesome discussion to have with people is okay. You don't need to work another seven to eight years. We can do this in four to five. And to see that look on their face is awesome, but we really need to pinpoint that dollar amount that you need on a monthly basis. So maybe it is $5,000 a month, but I want to know the exact reason why we said 5,000. And usually as we work through that, that number tends to be higher because then we got to factor in taxes and, you know, cost of living, inflation. There's many different factors. So when we do income plans with people, you know, we'll, we'll extrapolate that out to 30 years. And if we keep up with inflation, that number looks gargantuan. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to need that much money on an annual basis. Well, to keep up with inflation, you are, you're, you're going to have to have that much. Now, can there be adjustment to people spending? Absolutely. But when you factor in inflation, whether you use 2% or 3%, it does make those numbers look huge, you know, 20, 30 uh, years down the road. Yeah, no question. Um, the next one, explain to me how this one can throw you off. If you, the, the amount of risk tolerance you have, if you're not building your portfolio to match up with that and you have the wrong amount of risk, that's really going to throw off what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And I've seen this from two different perspectives. I've seen people want to get too conservative too quick. I know I mentioned on a previous episode that some people do get too conservative too quick and just look at, okay, here's my retirement age, but okay, that's great. But we need to plan for another 20, 30, 40 years uh, beyond that, depending on when people retire. And obviously there's no crystal ball there either with how long we're going to live, but there's certain indicators you know, if you're already healthy at by the age of 60, uh, there's a very good chance you're going to live into your 80s or 90s. Obviously, there are extreme circumstances where that may not be the case, but it's a statistic that you're going to probably have a, a pretty lengthy life. So having that right risk, not getting too conservative too quick, but then also sometimes people on the other end of the spectrum, they think they can take on more than what they really need to. I've had clients before do a risk assessment and their risk number is so high. And I'm thinking, well, we don't, we don't need to chase returns here. You know, the plan that we have built, you can create that income that you need. So there's no reason to chase returns if, if you don't need it. So let's scale back that number. If we can still reach that goal and not have the volatility of even what we're seeing now with what's going on in the, in the headlines. But if we can really pinpoint that number and say, okay, we want more consistent rate of returns in retirement, not average rate of return. There's a, again, a huge difference between the two. And I know we mentioned this in a previous episode as well, but consistent rate of returns are very, very important when you do get to that decumulation phase in retirement and risk has a direct correlation with that. Yeah. And we've seen, you know, in recent months, having the wrong amount of risk can really give you some anxiety and some worry with your portfolio and your retirement plan. Indeed. So that one's important. Life insurance is a conversation I'm guessing you probably have with people quite a bit. Should I get it? What kind of policy should I take on? How can making that wrong decision and, and picking out, you know, whether or not you want to have it really affect your plan? Yeah. I mean, life insurance is, you know, it kind of gets bad connotation maybe in our industry that, okay, you know, when people are in their 40s and 50s, oh, I'm not going to need life insurance when I'm I'm in my 60s or whatever age that may be, or it's going to be too expensive, or, you know, I'll have enough assets to cover any debts that I have and my spouse will be fine. Whatever the, the reasoning is, I've just seen more times than not people get into their mid-50s and 
they actually wish they still had life insurance or were insurable to get life insurance. And sometimes it's still not overly expensive to still have something to pass on to a spouse or to kids that's 100% tax-free. Uh, that's a great way to eliminate any tax situations when it comes to uh, inheritance, uh, if it is kids. And obviously, with the SECURE Act that we talked about before, you know, with the stretch IRA being done and over with, life insurance is actually more relevant in people's retirement planning now because that life insurance proceeds could cover a big old tax bill that people may be getting because of that stretch IRA being eliminated. So, and then even life insurance can be used to, to create income depending on how it's structured. So, you know, just buy term and invest the difference. And then when it lapses or goes away, then you don't need any more. I think that's, I think that's kind of bad advice. That may be the right fit for some people, but I think it's bad general advice. Another part of this puzzle that I know you touch on from episode to episode, but something that we really have to be paying attention to when we're building out our plan is long-term care. Many people don't want to talk about it, don't expect to get sick or get, you know have those concerns for much further in the future. It's not, not going to bother me now, but addressing those long-term care expenses is important because if you don't do that, it can throw off a lot of your plan. Oh, no doubt. I mean, this is probably the, there's a lot of question marks or what ifs in retirement, and this is probably the biggest. I mean, you could go down and say inflation could be, taxes could be, rates of return could be, but long-term care expenses, I mean, that can annihilate somebody's portfolio in a heartbeat. And I hear this all the time, oh, I'll be self-insured. or, But if it's something that you can alleviate some of the costs, it's almost impossible to get policies now that you're going to cover everything uh, unless you just pay crazy high premiums uh, on a monthly basis. But even if you can offset some of it, it definitely is going to help make your nest egg or it takes the stress off of your nest egg to be able to do that. And it may not be just a straight long-term care policy. I mean, those things are, they're hard to get. I mean, the underwriting on those policies are, are extremely difficult. And I think waiting too late on those could pose some issues for people. So for a while there, it used to be, oh, when you get in your 60s, then, you know, look at long-term care. Well, that, that may be that needle may be moved a little bit younger just because the underwriting is so tough. But also too, again, there are life insurance policies that can help alleviate some of that where you're basically, um, I'm not going to get into products here, but you can kind of spin down your death benefit for, for situations like this if it's structured properly. But so just saying I'm going to be self-insured or not even want to talk about it at all because some people, I mean, their faces turn red because they just don't want to discuss long-term care expenses. And the most of the time, people who are wanting to address it have had a personal experience with it, whether it was a family member or, you know, a parent or whatever it may be. They're the ones who are like, yeah, I'm not putting my family through through that. So unfortunately, it takes a personal experience for people to be really eager to address um, long-term care expenses. Well, taxes. Taxes, nobody likes talking about them, but they are something you have to be aware of at every step along the way in your planning process and everyday life. But where do taxes fit into retirement planning and and what can what do people do typically to make the mistake of not really planning for enough or where they are actually going to be taken out? What are the, the common mistakes there? Yeah, obviously taxes is probably the most passionate thing that I love to talk about as far as planning goes. Again, no, no prepping taxes, but uh, uh, planning around it because 
that can make your nest egg last longer. If we're as tax efficient as we can be, that's just less money that the IRS has access to. So I kind of kid with people a lot of times, but they have this big, you know, IRA or big 401k. I say, you know, your first beneficiary on this thing is the IRS. I mean, whatever tax rate you're in, it's not, you know, your spouse or your kids, it's the IRS. And whether we like that or not, that is the 100% truth. So it's pay me now, pay me later. The IRS is going to get theirs. But if it comes to what we need, it goes back to the initial point that we talked about. If you need $5,000 a month in in income, well, taxes play a huge part in that because if it's all pre-tax money, well, we have to net out taxes out of that. So we, we need five to live. We may have to take out seven or whatever the uh, tax bracket that you're in. So that puts more stress on on the nest egg as well. So navigating around taxes and getting tax efficient as possible is huge when it comes to retirement. All right. One more I want to get to a uh, common area where you might make the wrong mistake and it throws off your entire retirement plan, much like a crossword puzzle when you have the wrong answer to begin with. And that's determining how much you can realistically withdraw from your savings account in retirement. Yeah. The- <laughs> I mean, this is a, a very common topic as well. The the 4% rule has been around forever. Uh, you, you Google any of that, you'll get 10 million articles on on uh, the 4% rule. If you haven't heard of the 4% rule, it's basically take your nest egg and you can draw down 4%. And you, know, you shouldn't be too worried about running out of your principal amount. So if you're earning a small rate of return, you know, around that 4%, give or take, and you're pulling 4% out, then that nest egg should stay intact is the theory behind that. Well, as interest rates stay continually low and, you know, safe money doesn't pay a whole lot, it's harder and harder to get to that 4%. So I'm not saying you can't go over that, but it gets a little bit more difficult to navigate out out of that kind of 4% rule that's just been like branded in our industry that, oh, that's what we have to do. Because I have so many people come in saying, oh, I need to have $2 million savings. Well, why? Well, the 4% rule, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you need to factor in other streams of income too that may assist in that. So it's not necessarily a, a nest egg thing. It's an income thing. It keeps going back to that. How much income do you have and do you need and do you want coming in? So uh, that savings rate, it, it's it's moving a little bit lower than that 4%, but it really just does depend on how you're structured and, and what, what kind of income you need. Well, no matter what you're trying to do in terms of planning, it's best to work with somebody that can help you and you know build your plan, but also keep you from making these mistakes and and making the wrong decision that could throw off everything else you're trying to do. It's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of effort put into retirement planning over the years, and you'd hate to head down the wrong path and be making the wrong decision and, and really doubling down on that along the way. So working with an advisor, someone like Ryan Ledden, who is a financial coach, can take you through this entire process. His team at Black Oak Asset Management, this is what they do day in, day out, and they're happy to help you too if you want to try to get on the right path. Make sure you don't have any mistakes in your plan. Your portfolio, you can do that by reaching out to him online at blackoakam.com. Also, on uh, you can call him on the phone, 470-508-0508. You can schedule that Retirement Coach 360 session online as well, if that's easiest for you to do. Let's close out the show with a little mailbag question. If you ever want to reach out to Ryan, 
I mentioned, you can do so on, on the phone or online. But, you know, send a question in to us. You can do that there. Uh, connect on social media as well. Whatever question you have in mind, send it in, and we'll try to answer it when we have time to do so. You know, try to give everybody the uh, the value of the answers, but we'll do so kind of with the best of our knowledge of your situation. Everybody's situation is different. We don't know all the specifics, so we'll try to do the best we can with the information you provide. Today's question comes from Tanner. He's in Sugar Hill. He wrote this, Ryan. We had kids later in life than most people, so they'll still be in college when we're ready to retire. Should we just make them get student loans instead of trying to come up with the money to pay tuition after we're already retired? All right. So I get this question actually quite a bit because people are having kids later and later in life. And it's pretty common, whether it's, you know, through their own uh, having kids on their own or through adoption. I've had this question posed quite a bit and we do want to keep it in perspective. I mean, there's only one way to retire and that's by what we've done through our working life, through saving and, and investing in pensions and social security, whatever those components may be. So that has to be first. Again, it's kind of the analogy of the airplane, you know, when the air, when the airbags come down, you got to put yours on first uh, and then you can help other people do it. It's, it's very similar to that. So with college, uh, there are tons of different ways to do it. It is student loans can be painful. They can mount up really, really quick. And my wife went to University of Georgia vet school. So there were student loans there that we had to painfully pay off, but that sometimes is part of it. But as a parent, you want to, you kind of feel obligated almost to be a good parent, quote unquote, to help your kids out through school. But there are so many different ways, whether it's applying for scholarships, grants, work. Uh, I know Dave Ramsey kind of kids about this on his radio show, like, you know, God forbid a, a kid work while they're in school to help pay for some of that cost. But <laughs> And again, piggybacking on Dave, uh, since you know we're Dave Ramsey advisors, uh, there's a book called Debt-Free Degree. Awesome book. Uh, it's by Anthony O'Neill, and it's an awesome book to go through for people uh, or parents to go through and, and really see how to navigate these this college expenses that just continue to go up and up and up. I mean, the average tuition rate goes up by 7% per year. Well, it's hard to invest and stay up with that and, and to be able to help pay for kids uh, schooling because the facilities are just unbelievable. So it's it's at a cost. I mean, the, the campuses are awesome, but they're not cheap. But Debt-Free Degree is an awesome book. Definitely want to plug that to, for people and parents to read. But there's so many different ways to pay for, for school, for college, but there's only one way to retire. So you do have to keep that in perspective. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, my wife and I had our kid a little, you know, a little bit later, but we're not going to be retired when hopefully she's in college, but we'll be to that point where, you know, you're really starting to look at retirement, what that looks like, you know, what you need to tighten up. And it's, it would be hard to pull away that money uh, if you had to and, and give it to your child. But, you know, we all want to do it. We, we need to for our kid to make it work. So you probably would. But the other side of that is who knows what education, higher education will look like, you know, in, in 20 years from now. And I think that, you know, we might see some changes along the way. Man, that's a great point. Uh, that's another topic of discussion that we talk yeah. about all the time. I mean, the landscape just could be 100% different with different blue collar jobs, IT jobs. College could be, uh, I'm not going to say a thing of the past, but it could not be as uh, as important as it used to be. Yeah, no question. Well, a lot to uh, to unpack there, but a great question, Tanner. If you ever have a question, send it in. BlackOakAM.com is the website. You can connect there. There's a contact link, and uh, we'll try to get to your questions on the show. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Perfect Game Retirement, the financial crossword, good conversation, but 
make sure you're working with the professionals so that you avoid these mistakes and don't end up costing you in the long run. It's much easier to take care of it right the first time than to come back, circle around, and try to correct things that you've done in the past. But even if you made mistakes, there are ways to to correct those. So working with an advisor will help you uh, every step of that process. So Ryan, thanks for the time today. Enjoy the conversation, and uh, we will catch up with you on the next episode. Yeah, man. Thanks for your time, Ben. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.